It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 28th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Here with you on, finally, a game day. It feels like forever since the Magic had a game. They last played Saturday. They'll play again today against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll preview that game coming up in just a bit. And we'll talk a little bit more about our favorite subject on today's show. No, not tanking. We'll talk about Aaron Gordon and the potential star turn and what we're seeing from Aaron Gordon as he continues to grow as the season comes to a close. Just eight games, I think, nine or eight games left. I forget how many. It's It, it all washes over you at a certain point. Um, but not a lot of time remaining in the Orlando Magic season. So see what we can learn a little bit more from Aaron Gordon. I think the last phase that I'd like to see him continue to grow before the season closes and before he gets to do his individual work this offseason. Let's get right into it then. The Orlando Magic taking on the Brooklyn Nets today. Their homestand coming to a close. They're currently, I think, what was it? They're, this is game six, so they're two in... Three on this homestand, having lost to the Raptors, having lost to the Celtics, and having lost to the Sixers, and having defeated the Bucks and the Suns. Obviously, you know, losing team, going three and four on this homestand would probably be considered a victory. I would bet they want to go four and three, have a successful, at least, homestand from that perspective uh, with some of the competition that's coming in because... The schedule, as we've all noted, has lightened up considerably. They play the Suns on Saturday. They'll play the Nets on Wednesday. They'll play the Bulls on Friday and then the Hawks on Sunday. And whether you like it or not, the Magic do have to view this as a potential chance to build a winning streak. And who knows what that'll mean come June. But these guys are trying to win. And that's how I'm going to choose to cover them. That's how I'm going to choose to look at these games as opportunities to continue to grow and continue to pick up wins when possible. Now, obviously, the Nets are probably the toughest of the group that they're going to play in the next few games. Brooklyn, with a 104.2 offensive rating, a 108.9 defensive rating, plays at a high pace. This is a team that gets up and down the floor. Kenny Atkinson right now, though, is trying some funky lineups. We're seeing um, Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson play some center. where We're seeing them try different things with that lineup, with that group that they have. And Brooklyn's had some odd results and, and some mixed success. Uh, in this latest run, I mean, it's it's it, they're not exactly a murderer's row of of, te- of players or teams. 
Uh, but, you know, Brooklyn can put up points, and Orlando knows that. We saw that at the beginning of the season when Brooklyn outscored Orlando in the second game of the year, and everyone was starting to panic then. Maybe maybe that was a sign to panic. Um, but this is a team that's still, you know, in raw points per game, 14th in the league in points per game. They will score a lot of points. They're not afraid to get after you on that end. Now, Orlando has had their success against this team, too. You look, go back to some of those earlier games. Aaron Nikolavucevic had 40 points in that first game against Brooklyn earlier in the season. Aaron Gordon's had a 40-point game against the Brooklyn Nets. Orlando has had a ton of success against this team, and Brooklyn hasn't, you know, gotten maybe everything they wanted. Uh, they haven't been healthy like Orlando has uh, as well. But you know, you let them get on a run, you let them get going. They probably they can score on anyone. And Orlando with that second unit um, that struggled a lot. I mean, even Frank Vogel, I asked him about it at practice today. Uh, the second unit. Just, it isn't a lineup he's comfortable with. I mean, he, he, he threw out. I mean, he throws out there in the second quarter: Shelvin Mack, Wesley Awundu, Rodney Purvis, Kem Birch, and Bismack Biombo. It's not a lineup he likes to throw out there, but he's got to get guys rest. And you notice in the second half against Phoenix, and, and Vogel mentioned this specifically, he started playing what he called his quote-unquote normal rotation, or, or started kind of mixing his rotation up. And you saw that second quarter swoon go away. That 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 all defensive lineup didn't come back out again. We'll probably see it again, and that'll probably be a weak spot in the Magic's game on Wednesday. But Brooklyn overall, not a team to be terribly afraid of. I, I, I'm going to just be be perfectly frank and curt on this. This is a team the Magic should feel that they can beat. Uh, Brooklyn currently sitting at 23-51, and 51, just two games better than the Magic. Orlando's got to feel like they can get this win. they got to feel that way, and, and if they don't, that's a problem. Brooklyn has lost six of their last eight games. They've lost 10 of their last 13 games. This team that's struggling a lot on, on on that end, but they will score a lot of points. They've scored 110 points, and it's looking like five of their last six games. They'll give up a lot of points too. So if you're heading to the Amway Center on Wednesday, expect a, uh, expect a game that's going to have a lot of up and down, a lot of scoring, and a lot of a uh, lot of opportunities to, to to see some exciting basketball if, if that's if that's what you're looking looking for. Um, it's it's obviously not the part of the season that a lot of fans want to talk about winning. But yes, I'm going to say that yeah, the Magic need to win this game, and the Magic should try and win this game for the home crowd, um, just and for their own confidence. It's it's obviously um, I, I I think that Orlando can win this game. Orlando should win this game. They've got the better team overall. Maybe Brooklyn has a little bit better depth. So it'll be an interesting contest for sure. Um, a good challenge for Orlando as well, just because I think the teams are kind of evenly matched. Um, the Magic have had success against Brooklyn this year. No reason to think that they can't continue that. No reason to think that they shouldn't believe that they can continue that. And so I think that Orlando um, Orlando should should be in the running for that and, and hopefully be able to get a win. Tip-off at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock. Orlando will be without Jonathan Isaac still. Still, the foot is bothering him, but Coach Frank Vogel said at practice today that he is further along than they anticipated. He was able to do more in practice on on, Tuesday, on Tuesday than he had done before or that they expected him to do, and so that's a positive sign for this team moving forward. That's a positive sign for the for for Isaac in his recovery that that he could he could play that way or he could he could um, have that uh, have that in him so good sign for Orlando there um, Jonathan Simmons is also out he's still doing individual work but not quite with the team yet 
And uh, interesting note, I asked uh, Coach Vogel about this specifically. Um, Terrence Ross probably not going to be back the rest of the season, which which I think we're all a little. Dis- I'm a little disappointed about it because because I think I'd like to see Terrence play before the end of the year. Um, but that's that's uh, a strange thing. Interesting note on this Brooklyn team, though. Um, if if Brooklyn, I mean, for those Brooklyn doesn't own their picks, so they have every motivation to win. But Brooklyn only has two home games left. They have they play two games on the road here. Then they go on. Then they go home for Detroit on the road three more times. Uh, so they have what is that? Five, six of their last eight games on the road. Brutal end of the season for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and unfortunately, they don't get the benefit of their own draft pick um, if they don't come out of that well. So Orlando versus Brooklyn at seven o'clock at the Amway Center. Be there or be sane. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And, you know, one of the things that we've been watching throughout the whole season and and, and really been watching in various ways for a while now is 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 what I've called and dubbed the star turn. The you know when a player kind of has that moment where things click and consistency comes and they become a true centerpiece of the team. I remember you know back when Victor Oladipo was on the team, I wrote several columns after big scoring performances about Victor Oladipo saying, is this the star turn? Is this when Victor Oladipo becomes this player and is able not to have 40-point nights every night, but becomes a player that lifts his team to another level. And and that's really what we mean by a star turn, is, is a guy who not only defines his franchise and defines who his team is, but defi- but truly makes his team better by his mere presence. That's That's what I think a star is. And developing that is obviously not easy. Developing that is extremely tricky. It took, Vic, I mean, Victor Oladipo is a great example of that. In Orlando, he had the ball in his hands and every opportunity to develop into the star of this team. And he was unable to reach that level in Orlando for whatever reason. When Orlando benched him in that last year with Scott Skiles, it was legitimate. It was, I, I, I didn't want to call for it. I remember sitting there, at, you know, when I heard that Scott Skiles was thinking of changing the lineup early in that season, I looked down the looked at the numbers and said, well, what are the Magic going to do? Who are they going to bench? Victor Oladipo or Evan Fournier? And I looked at the numbers, and it clearly said Victor Oladipo. And I was trying not to say that. I didn't want to say that, and it, it just worked out that way. And it was like, I can't argue with these numbers, and I can't argue with it. This is what the Magic have to do. That's not a star. And while Victor Oladipo still averaged 16 points per game that season and had some big moments and had some big games and and I think was clearly the best player on the team, those questions remained and obviously they remained enough that the Magic decided to trade him that summer. And then even then it took another year of Oladipo watching Russell Westbrook and struggling through the playoffs and getting humbled by the experience and getting traded again for him to take the leap that he has and now that now his, he's led a team into the playoffs. Victor Olipo now is what we always imagined he could be in Orlando. 
So now attention turns to Aaron Gordon. The next pick. The guy who was literally picked the next year in the first round. And Aaron Gordon had this breakout season this year. That's that's no, no way around it. Aaron Gordon had his breakout bust-out season. Finally healthy for an entire summer, he improved dramatically in ways that we didn't even think he could in one summer. Gordon leading the team, averaging about 18 points per game, shooting 34% from beyond the arc, effective field goal percentage better than 50 still. He's had some real quality star moments this season. But, as it was with Victor Oladipo at that time, now comes the big question. Now comes the big question for Aaron Gordon. How much are you willing to pay him, and are you ready to invest him as a star? Because Gordon took so long to develop, Orlando probably has to answer these questions before they're really ready to say with any definitiveness that... He is that type of player. That he is that kind of player. We'll get into the contract stuff in the offseason. Aaron doesn't want to talk about that either. So, let's talk then about developing Aaron Gordon with the time we have remaining into the Magic's future star. It's very easy to say on a team with as many wins as the Magic have that he puts up kind of empty stats. When we watch him, and I've said I've said this in breaking down his game, it feels like he's trying too hard to be a star or do what he thinks a star can do should do. I've described it this way: these these growing pains, as Gordon is like a kid with a new toy, and he's playing with his new toys and playing with them a little too much and playing with them a little too long and shirking other duties to play with his new toy. That happens. It absolutely happens. So, Gordon then has probably done some things that that he knows is wrong and and, and I think everyone acknowledges he has to move away from. The over-dribbling, the the trying to attack too much off the dribble and isolate. He's got to keep the ball moving. As Frank Vogel said, he's best when the offense runs kind of flows through him and not when he's forcing things. And that, of course, is one of the more difficult things that Gordon is going to have to learn and develop and grow with over the next few se- over the next few months, for sure. But what we're also seeing is Gordon kind of learn these things and internalize these things and begin to grow with these things. Saturday was a perfect example of that. Gordon scored a lot of points that game. Gordon was very, very good against Phoenix on Saturday. But it wasn't his scoring that stood out. No. What stood out to, from Aaron Gordon last week, last Saturday was his passing and how he got others involved and his potential to do that and add that to his game. Gordon's final stat line on Saturday, 29 points, 11 rebounds, and a career-high 8 assists. Gordon has had his career high in assists several times this year, not just eight. He's had seven on several occasions. And I think back to a game in January when I talked about Aaron Gordon and the star turn. The Magic had just played the Bucks, and Milwaukee outclassed Orlando in the fourth quarter. 
It just was not Orlando's night on several, in, for, in several ways, but it was also not Aaron Gordon's night. Giannis Antetokounmpo took it to Aaron Gordon time and time again, and Gordon tried to respond, but he just wasn't up to snuff. In that game, Aaron Gordon had 11 points, four rebounds, one assist, shot four for 18 from the floor, 0 for 5 from beyond the arc, and was minus 23 for the game. Gordon got beat pretty bad and got humbled pretty bad. He couldn't make shots, he couldn't keep up, and he was forcing everything against one of the best players in the world. So the next time out against Washington, what did Gordon do? Well, he still didn't hit shots. He was still 4 for 15, and I would, I would think, if I remember correctly, he was still forcing things. But he nearly put in a triple-double that night, too. 14 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. And Vogel, after that game, pointed to Gordon's passing, sometimes Gordon overpassing, as a sign of, you know, he learned a lesson from that game against Milwaukee. He learned a little something and grew from it. Now, Gordon doesn't have five, four, five, six assist games very often. In fact, this season, he's had only, t- only 10 games of four assists or more. Passing is not quite part of his game yet, or at least playmaking passing is not quite part of his game yet. He's shown flashes of it, though. And so, what Gordon is learning now, what Gordon is learning in this stretch of the season, where teams are focusing on him, and trying to get him to do those bad habits and, and make those, those mistake plays and not keep the ball moving. Gordon is learning when to attack and when to drive. And this is the most important thing a star has to learn. Something that even Tracy McGrady said he's talked to Aaron Gordon about when, when Aaron's asked him is understanding the rhythm of the game. Understanding when is the right time to take over. How do you take over? And when you have to keep others involved, when you have to do what you need to do to keep the team afloat, to keep the team moving. These are the things Aaron Gordon is still learning. And you can't learn these in individual drills. You can work on your passing. You can work on some of those skills. But reading the game, playing the game at a high level comes in these game opportunities. And that's why... It's still very important that Aaron Gordon plays these final few games. Now, obviously, if he gets a little injury, I'm sure you're fine shutting him down for the rest of the season. Like I, I, that, that again, I don't mind that. But Aaron Gordon still has to learn. Still has to learn these skills and put these skills to practice. And in this way, it's still fortunate that the Magic have this season ending the way it does. Because Aaron Gordon gets some kind of opportunity, some reps to make mistake, to be mistake-free or to make mistakes and learn, okay, I got humble doing this. I've got to be better at this. I've got to take my game to the next level by doing this and learn what he has to work on in the summer. We know, and this is why I'm comfortable investing in Aaron Gordon this summer in restricted free agency. We know that if you give Aaron Gordon a healthy summer, if you give him the time, he will put in the time. He will get better dramatically and take that next leap in his game. I am confident in that. I don't think the money is going to change that. 
I think Gordon really wants to be good. The question, though, now is, can that lead to winning? Can he make a positive impact on his team and not just put up empty stats? That was the Alfred Payton problem. That is the big question for him and the Magic right now. The big question for this group. And that's, again, another reason why wins matter here. If Aaron Gordon's going to drop 35 points, it needs to come in a win. If Aaron Gordon's going to have 8-9 assists, it's got to come in a win. It's got to be reinforced with that positive result. That effort needs the positive result. And I know a lot of people saying it's not the if the Magic are winning and it's not the young guys leading the way, it's not a good win. I, I saw some people say that about the Phoenix game, that Rodney Purvis didn't play enough or Jamil Artis didn't play enough. Let's be real. I like Rodney Purvis. I like Jamil Artis. I like Ken Birch. Those guys are not starting for this team anytime soon. In fact, they're playing the roles that they would play for this Magic team moving forward. But what was good about that game was that it wasn't Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic hitting the game-winning shots. It was Aaron Gordon being the playmaker and controlling things. And it was a much-needed win after the way that they played in the second quarter and the way that they played against Philadelphia. A confidence-building win. Like I said, Aaron Gordon was the one leading the way. Aaron Gordon was the one experimenting and growing his game. And if the Magic are doing that, the Magic will find success and find some measure of success in these final eight or nine games. And not only that, Aaron Gordon will become the star the Orlando Magic one day need. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Not a lot to get to today as, as the Magic get ready to take on the Nets. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we will have a complete recap of that game against the Brooklyn Nets. Be sure to check out, um, be sure to, to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and check out LockedOnMagic.com for plenty of links to get you ready for the game as well as what we're thinking about, what we're reading, and 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 some discussion starters as we end, get to the end of the season. You can interact with the show, of course, on that website at LockedOnMagic.com, as well as on Twitter at LockedOnMagic and our Facebook page at LockedOnMagic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD, and, of course, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look at the stability that Shelvin Mack gives this Orlando Magic team, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I'm also working on a post about Mario Hazonia and how he's grown this year, something I'm sure we'll talk about on the podcast very, very soon. That's going to do it for me, though, today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time 
for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.